Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of the Take a Minute podcast. We have an awesome episode in store for you guys today, and I'm super excited to be sharing it with you. I speak with a great friend of mine, Austin Glazer. Me and Austin actually went to the same high school back in New York, and Austin attended Oswego College and currently now works in insurance for Liberty Mutual. He also has his own podcast, which is a, a funny topic that we get into in today's episode. And so I will let Austin introduce himself a little bit further at the start of the podcast. But before we get into that, I want to say just a few things. The first is I want to apologize to anybody that was excited for this episode to come out a bit sooner than it did. I think it's been maybe two months since the last episode was released. And yeah, I wish I could say that the next episode will come out, you know, on a weekly basis or some kind of structured time frame. But to be frank with you, I am just not going to be able to make that commitment <laughs> because life comes at you sometimes and I'm not sure where my time is going to be focused. Although I can guarantee that there will be more episodes. I, I can definitely say that. The exact timing of them, I'm not as sure about. The other topic that I want to bring up is that in thinking about the different podcast episodes that I'm putting forth, they're all very different. And it's a reflection of the type of guests that I'm bringing on and the skills and interests that they have and the lifestyle that they're leading. But while the topics might change from one episode to the other, I think fundamentally, fundamentally there still are a few underlying commonalities. And one is that all these guests are great friends with me, and I love chatting with them. And then two is that we are typically always discussing kind of what's been going on in our lives in the last few months, or really just the past year since COVID has happened. And I think it is interesting in that the majority of my guests are going to be in their early to late 20s, right? So, uh, you know, in similar age to myself. And I think it can be cool for other people in that age range to also listen to other people and to hear about how they're choosing to spend their time and their perspective on what's going on in the world. And so I think that this podcast in particular, in terms of topic, will kind of touch upon personal finance and finding your motivation, and then also choosing what to do with your time during coronavirus. And... So if you're interested in those topics and if you're interested in hearing a little bit about, you know, what somebody else is doing during this time, uh, I encourage you to take a listen. And every time I felt the hurt and I felt the giving getting me up off the wall. I'm just gonna take a minute and let it ride. I'm just gonna take a minute and let it breeze. I'm just gonna take a minute and let it ride. I'm just gonna take a minute and let it breeze. All right, my man, Tom Cruise. How's everything going, dude? How are you? Kyle Davidoff, what's going on, dude? How you doing over in Vietnam? <laughs> yeah, man, it's a pleasure to talk to you, man. It's been, it's been a while since you caught up, huh? It's nice to catch up, man. It's definitely been a while. Yeah, we got a lot to a lot to talk about for sure. Uh, we chatted yesterday quickly on FaceTime, and and I and I called you up, and you literally look like Tom Cruise to me, which is why I referred to you as Tom Cruise. You had like some nice sunglasses on, you fresh cut, going for a run. 
Looking good, man. What a nice day to start my day. I'm getting called Tom Cruise. It's not even eight o'clock <laughs> my time yet. Hey, man. I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Let's uh, let's start out. I always I like having my guests just do a brief introduction, so um, so people kind of know know who you are and what's going on. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, quick uh, talk about like your education, what you're doing now, um, and, and whatever else you want to add in. Yeah, sure. So my name is Austin Glazer. I try to go by Austin, the insurance guy. Um, I'm an auto home life um, extraordinaire, specializing in insurance. But I also, I consider myself an entrepreneur because I keep myself multifaceted. I also have a podcast known as Closer Conversations, where I invite successful individuals on and give them an opportunity to not only talk about themselves, share their small elevator pitch, but also highlight what it took to be successful in their industry. Um, in addition to that, I'm also really into real estate investing um, among several other things. So if I had to give my top three of what makes me the most money, I'd say those three things. Love that, man. Love that. Got a million questions based off of that. And it's one of the Sweet. reasons why, why I think we're good friends, dude, just because, you know, we, we, we each got a lot going on and we got a lot of different interests. So I love catching up and hearing about what's going on with you. Um, especially the podcast, dude, we both have podcasts now. So that's, yeah, that's exciting. It is indeed. Uh, yeah. And I, you know, I think that your podcast is somewhat similar to mine in terms of like, I, I really like to focus on talking to people about, you know, what they're doing, like the path that they're choosing and, and why, and yours is also kind of focused on like the path and specifically what makes people successful. Um, but let's, so let's start with that for you. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned, you mentioned insurance. Um, how did you, how did you first get into that? Cool. Awesome question. So the way that I got into insurance. Um, so when I was in college, um, you know, I grew up, uh, I have a relatively, you know, decently sized family. I got a brother and sister. Um, my brother, Adam, he works out in California. He works for Liberty Mutual and he is, uh, he's one of the top agents in the company. And, um, when I was a sophomore in college, I actually was looking to get into the sales industry. I really wanted to get ahead of my competition and like nail down what I wanted to do before anyone else did. Because my goal is always to try to be a step ahead of everybody. That's kind of what drives me, keeps me focused and keeps me grounded. Um, And I applied for this internship with Liberty Mutual. I didn't get it. And then I told my brother about it. And he said to me, Austin, what are you doing? Um, you know, I, you know, I'm like pretty good at my job. Like if you put down my name, you'd probably get it. You'd probably get a pretty fair crack at it. Um, so then I reapplied and of course I got the call back as an intern. Um, and while I was an intern, I would basically just kind of cold call in general, um, did that for about a summer and a half. Um, and then the following, whatever summer was coming up next, I returned and I started working and I went to a manager. I said, you know, I'd, I'd love the opportunity to do more. You know, whether that being going to on sites, which is basically where you sit at a desk and you try to solicit people to talk to you. Um, and, you know, I want to be able to sell policies. I didn't want to just make cold calls to try to generate interest anymore. And she said, okay, um, you know, here's this one guy. He was the number one agent in Connecticut at the time. And he happened to be looking for help on his team. And she said to me, hey, you can go with him today and um, you guys can go to his credit union. You can work it together. And um, I was like, wow, this is so cool. I'm getting an opportunity to learn from one of the biggest in the company. This is incredible. Well, uh, Hmm. about a couple hours later, it went well enough where my manager actually came at the end of the day to the credit union, which was, I thought, weird already. Um, And she's like, okay, go ahead. Have a nice day. And she talks to this guy who was, you know, very good at his job. And he basically said to her, I want him on my team. Now, this was at the time I was going to my senior, senior year of college. And this was unheard of in the eyes of my company. 
And basically what this entailed was me getting my property and casualty, personal and commercial licenses and my accident and health licenses in under a month, which is a huge challenge. It's uh, I'm not going to compare it to like the series seven or the series whatever, but like it's a similar type of studying. And then you go take the test. It's not something you can do that quickly. Um, especially cause I was a New York resident at the time too, not a Connecticut resident. And in New York, you have to do everything so much differently. You have to go somewhere and actually sit in a classroom. It's almost impossible. Um, fortunately I really, I, I dug my nose into the the gravestone or whatever the hell that expression is. And, um, I, I passed both the tests, um, and I gained my licenses, but now here's the new challenge. I have less than two weeks to learn all of the systems. And then I have to go back to college where I'm going to be remoting in from my apartment in college to an office in Trumbull and connecting with clients in Trumbull, which is Connecticut. And I would be all the way in upstate New York at Oswego, which is where I went to college. Um, so the two weeks pass, I'm certainly not ready. Um, but you know, <laughs> we jump at it, we jump at it. And um, it was really interesting. I'd worked the entire year while in college under this guy. I was supposed to be part-time, but between me and you, I was probably working like 40 hours a week while a full-time student in college. You're an um, animal. And, uh, but it was cool though, because I really got the opportunity to learn the business from the perspective that so many people don't. So when I graduated college after really, and I'm not tooting my own horn here, I really did crush it under this guy. He gave me the opportunity, taught me how to do things in a correct way and how to really, really uh, like just do it to the, it's not just about selling There's strategy to this. There's a way to get, you know, auto home and life on one call versus getting auto and then getting home three months later and then life a year later. No, there's a strategy to get all three on one call. And then there's a strategy to get, you know, for example, a referral partner to send you a lead and how to get them to refer to you. He taught me all this. So come graduation, I've now graduated college, you know, what's next? So they basically said to me, they want me to stick in this role as an essay for another year. Um, maybe even another year and a half because I had really been boosting his numbers a good amount. Um, and business was really, really good. Um, I gave him about less than six months and I kind of said, Hey, you know, you have to transition to me to be my own rep now. Um, it's, this isn't like, I'm, I'm selling too much. I'm ready. I'm more than ready to do this on my own. Um, Mm -hmm. and then in February of this past year, I went on plan as my own rep on my own team, the Glazer agency powered by Liberty Mutual. Um, and now I'm like top five in the country for rookies, uh, like kind of like, you know, top five rookie of the year. I'm making a push for hopefully number one, knock on wood. I don't even know if I should be saying that, but, um, I am top five right now. I'm pretty much top five in every possible category, which is interesting because like I said, I like to be multifaceted. So, you know, for auto, I'm top five for home. I happen to be top five for life. I'm top two. Um, and, um, I'm just really, really diverse with the way I sell and, you know, you asked me how I got into it. That's how I got into it. And that's kind of how, where I'm at right now. So I did give you a long-winded answer, but that's, that's kind of it. No, I love to hear it, man. First of all, you're a fucking animal. Let me just say that. And Thanks, Kyle. Second of all, I'm, I'm curious to know, like, I mean, you, you're day-to-day, right? Like you mentioned a few times that you're on the phone a lot and calling. Um, yeah. Yeah, just like what does, yeah, what does a typical day entail for you? Cool, good question. So um, I wake up at 4.30 every day. I go for a run or I go to the gym. I got something done. Like I just got back from a run. I, I slept in a little late today because uh, football was yesterday. And if you know me, you know, I love football. So um, I woke up and today is going to be an interesting one because I don't have much on the calendar today because I had a pretty crazy week last week. But typically what it looks like uh, Monday, I'll wake up, 
so obviously every day is different. So like Monday, I tend to be more service heavy. So if somebody asks me for some sort of change in the middle of the week, I kind of push it towards Monday because Monday is my day where I don't have that much new business coming in. However, at least, sorry, that was the way I was taught. However, what it seemed that it's been recently is that I am the most busy on Monday. So usually um, I'll start my day at nine o'clock. I'll fig- catch up on any emails I may have missed over the weekend. But usually I'm working like 24 seven. So I'll answer an email over Monday. Um, I'll go through any texts that I, uh, someone may not have gotten back to me on Monday. Um, and it's really a lot of follow-up. That's a lot of how my business is generated. So a lot of my business is just generated via follow-up. I am super duper organized with my business too. Um, so for me, it's kind of like just jumping in where I left off on Friday or where I left if it, the, the day prior. That's how I start my day usually. Um, usually I'll have calls on my calendar. So like if I talk to someone and they're like, hey, give me a call at this time on this day. I'll reach out to them at this time on that day because I'm, I'm very organized like that. I'm very much on a calendar. I live my life via calendar. So like, for example, if something pops up on my calendar, that's what I'm going to do. Um, but other than that, if I'm not, if I don't have anything on my calendar, I have one of my lead sources uh, on, meaning I'm accepting calls to, to hopefully sell a policy or, you know, hopefully a realtor calls me or a mortgage broker and says, Austin, I have a lead for you. So it's just, it, it really is like just always being able to, change and say the, the, the key term is adaptability on my schedule because it could change at any second. Sure. Awesome. Awesome, man. So what do you, what do you like the most about it, man? Like what keeps you coming back? You know, like you, you, it, it seems and sounds like you love it. Yeah, I do love it. And I love my freedom. Um, mm. I love my freedom too. And I hate that that was the first word I said from, but uh, you know, doing this from the perspective, not as Austin, the insurance guy, but as Austin, the Gla- as Austin Glazer, this job has allowed me freedom <laughs> and flexibility to truly live my life. However I want, I'm super fortunate Kyle to um, be making enough money to support whatever it is I want to do. And I really mean whatever it is I want to do. Um, I'm able to do like literally whatever I please. I have the freedom to work my own hours. Um, I mean, I work the pretty standard hours. Like don't think I take this job lightly. Like I wake up, and I'm on my computer by 7.30 every day. And I probably work till 7.30 at night every day. Um, so it's not like this money or this freedom is just given to me. It's earned. Um, you know, a, a good example is one of the last week I was invited to speak to like two or 300 people um, about what my why for life insurance with is. Yeah. And my complicated story with my family and my mother passing when I was very young um, was a good fit. And so they asked me to speak about this and, you know, I was very fortunate to be able to give my story to so many people because it demonstrates that I really have been doing a good job and they trust me to share my story. So just, I think another reason that I keep coming back besides the freedom and the flexibility is the continued and noticeable growth that my career trajectory seems to be going at. Because if you look at a graph, I would think that my, my, uh, like, Every, for example, my numbers every month, Kyle, have literally been on a steady incline. Um, you know, one month I'll do $10,000 more than in premium, not in commission than I wrote last month. And, and that seems to be a general trend. So the general, just the want to be better than anyone who's come before me and who's done it, I want to be the best. And I think that that's what keeps me coming back, but the freedom and flexibility keep me leveled. I love that, man. I love that. And so are you like entirely commission-based or is it like a half and half thing? How does that work? Um, so I am not entirely commission based. There's some salary and there is mostly commission. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I feel like 
that, I mean, there's so many pros and cons to it. Um, cons being obviously just in, could be pretty stressful, but pros, like, I mean, just immediate kind of feedback of your work and immediate feedback of the input that you're putting in, um, which is, which sounds like it's really great for you to be involved in. Yeah, but not necessarily though. See, that's the tough thing. So like, for example, you mm. said the immediate effect of your work, if a policy cancels in its first year, for example, and like I said, I went on plan in February, right? So every policy is in its first year. So I'm at this point in my business where I have to babysit all of these policies and like, it, it, because if they cancel, the money gets taken back for me. So I don't get anything then. Um, and then for example, if I want to take a vacation, Kyle, like I, uh, I went and saw my buddy in Maryland a few weeks ago and that was really challenging for me because I had to take mm. a day and a half off for my business. And without me, my business doesn't run. So if I'm not working, it's just like my emails build up. Nobody's going to get to those emails. I'm the only one that's going to get to those emails. So what they're looking for is not going to get accomplished. So it's like almost puts my pay on a hold, you know? So it can be super stressful, but also super rewarding at the same time. It's a balance. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if I could do what you do, man. It, it sounds, it sounds like you got to approach it in the right way and kind of understand how it works with your own lifestyle. Yeah. Um, super strategy driven. Right. Right. Well, I mean, do you think, is this your, is this your thing, man? Is this your path? Like, will you be doing this long term? hundred percent. Hmm. The only time I'll probably retire. I mean, I'll probably retire pretty young. Um, I am really into passive income. <laughs> um, I want all of my streams of income to just flow concurrently. So like, I'd love an insurance. Like I'd love to have people working under me in insurance, just, you know, kind of handling my clients, my policyholders needs and securing new ones. While I'm kind of on a golf course, um, same thing with real estate. Um, I'm really into, um, you know, buying and selling houses. Um, that's something that's a newer hobby of mine, but something that is a huge passion of mine. Um, that we're just, I'm just kind of waiting. My partners and I are just kind of waiting for the correct deal to pass us in front of us for us to make that move. Like I bought my first property a few months ago, um, which I live in, but the goal is to obviously get renter owned properties and then obviously the money in the stock market. So like long-term, yeah, this is for sure going to be a stream of income for me. Um, I don't see myself really working past 40, though. Um, I see myself letting 40. the income. Yeah. I kind of see myself letting the income just fall in after that. And it'll for work. Sure. It'll just generate itself at that point, if I'm lucky. Ideally, right? I think that every that's what everybody's looking for, um, looking, trying to do. And I think, you know, you've definitely taken the first and necessary steps to be doing it. I mean, you already own your first property, which is awesome. I want to chat about that a little bit. So I, I actually got to see it in, uh, I think I was home in December. Yeah. You um, saw it right after I closed. Boy, is it different now? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it seemed like, uh, through your Instagram account, I think I saw you doing a bunch of renovations to it. How did all that go? Dude, it's been fun, man. I'm very lucky. I mean, this is, I'm probably the only person that's ever going to say this. Quarantine was like really a rebirthing period for me, man. I was reborn <laughs> creatively and just with all my energy, um, I flipped this place. I did all new paint, new trim. I redid the kitchen via YouTube videos and some friends help. Like, um, I have really flipped this place. I basically looked at it as a blank shell. It's in a fantastic location, but it needed a lot of work. And I wasn't afraid to put the lipstick on, on the peg, if you will. And I made the place look really good. Um, and the kitchen, I redid the kitchen. That was so much fun. Um, and it's just, it's been little projects like that during quarantine that have like, you know, enhance the value of the property as well as just giving me something to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, that's awesome, man. I'm glad you had a productive quarantine. I feel like everybody kind of 
had had a very different experience, but no matter what, it was pretty dramatic and um, yeah. kind of like a turning point for a lot of people. And so it's cool to see you getting involved with all that stuff. Are you still renovating it? Are you looking to do other things or is everything kind of complete at the moment? Right now, I'd like to do the bathroom pretty soon, but that's a bigger job because I have to learn how to do tile um, and that doesn't seem so easy. So I will be doing the tile at some point when the time affords me. Because like, like I said, you know, when I was saying looking at my career on a graph, you look at all my numbers going up month by month. And with that, that means it's harder to really take the time away to do anything. Like I was doing my kitchen in between sales calls. Like it was pretty interesting. <laughs> I, would, I would literally go paint the ceiling after talking to a client and, you know, helping them with auto home life. And then I would go paint the ceiling in my kitchen or install a light or put a cabinet up. And that, you know, doing that in the bathroom might be a bit more challenging because I don't have that kind of time anymore to like just really be that free. Um, and I want to keep going, but it's just getting more challenging. Yeah, man. So for, for real estate, like if like, what's your first step? How do you, how do you start to learn about real estate? Somebody that's involved in insurance, right? Like you're not, your, mm -hmm. your job's not lending itself to real estate. So somebody that wants to like generate passive income and maybe look into owning some rental property, like what is the first step that you would tell, advise somebody to take? Read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. They teach you all about passive streams of income and making money work for you. Um, and yeah. then, you know, real estate doesn't have to be the, the route you take. There's so many different forms of passive income, but you know, I like to think of life as a piece of pie and I want to have so many different slices of pie so that every bite's different. And that's <laughs> yeah. just as, as silly as that sounds, that's the real thing though. I want thousands of different streams of income, you know, whether that be, I invest in a business and I get 5% equity or I own a home that's generating $3,000 a month and a mortgage is a thousand. Like, and then there's insurance, like all of these different streams and rich dad, poor dad kicked started my thought process when it came to passive income and real estate was just one of the courses I chose. Well, real estate's definitely one of the most productive and easiest, mm -hmm. I think for a normal person to jump into. Yes. Um, and I, I, I totally agree with you that rich dad, poor dad is kind of a pivotal book that I've read also, although I read it quite some time ago, I should probably give it another look, but, but I, but I agree with you that that's always my first book that I recommend to people that are interested in those types of topics. Uh, my the one caveat with Rich Dad Poor Dad though is it gives you it gives you a mindset like a general framework of how to understand money and passive income. But yes. It doesn't it it doesn't give you specifics about how to get into the real estate market or how to generate passive income with uh, the stocks or, or other other methods. Yeah, I agree. I think that what it does though is it, like you said, it's the framework and the framework. You know, it's just like when you're wiring anything, like if you're wiring a TV to work, you're going to have to put one wire in one place to get it to turn on. Um, that's kind of how I look at Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It just rewires your head to think a different way and what to do with your money, how to save efficiently. Um, you know, because you don't need to be like, I don't keep myself super liquid. Like I, I keep myself liquid enough for like six months. Um, and if I need really? money at the worst, yeah, dude, at the worst case, I pull it out of whatever source I have it in. Uh, I don't keep myself very liquid because I'd rather be investing that money in the event of a loss. I have six months to a year and, and that's really all I need. You know, I think that if, if I can't figure out something in a six months to a year, then I, there are bigger problems than just my expenses. Well, all right, man. You, you also have your podcast going on. Let's chat about that for a little bit. It's cool. We both got podcasts now. Um, yeah. You, you spoke about it for a second earlier. What was, what was the main, uh, I guess, reason, uh, motivation for you to start that podcast. Cause you got so much going on, man. And doing a podcast is, is not easy. It takes a lot of time just from my 
perspective, it's like doing the actual podcast, but then editing the audio and all that stuff. It's definitely, you know, taking up a big chunk of my time. So, so yeah, man, what, what was your main reasonings for, for doing it and how's it been going? Yeah. So close your conversation. So it was an interesting thing. So here, here's that. So, um, before the COVID thing, I would do a ton of networking in person. Like that was my middle name. Like, you know, ABN, always be networking. Um, and um, I would literally be at these events weekly and like meeting new people and getting an opportunity to speak with them. And in my business, it's very referral driven. So like I am very heavily sent clients from referral partners, whether that be a realtor, a mortgage broker, a car salesman. I like to say that I'm handed the deal from a quarterback. Whatever that quarterback might be in whatever industry, I want to get in front of that quarterback and I want them to know who I am, what I do, and why I'm a good fit for them to send their clients to. So in the beginning of COVID, I was sitting here at my desk like, holy shit, I am about to lose all of my networking you know, pieces that I've been working on for months because I won't see these people anymore. And um, my initial idea was like, okay, I'm going to you know, do a podcast. And it, it didn't grow. At first, it wasn't about just networking or anything like that but i was doing it with this kid that i did do a lot of networking with and we had different perspectives on what we thought would work for the podcast and i decided to go at it on my own and i really went after it and i did it the way i wanted to which was inviting people on to highlight their business i got a lot of like oh this isn't going to succeed this isn't going to work and basically what it what it what it's grown to at this point is the podcast is a place where i invite people on to tell their story because everybody, at the end of the day, everybody loves to talk about themselves. Everybody loves mm-hmm. to share their story and say what they're good at and why they're good at it. So I gave them a platform. Now, what I do uniquely is I invite people on a lot of the time that I've never talked to. Or if I've talked to them, I've talked to them like once or twice. And um, hmm. by doing this, I let them come on the podcast. I learn all about their story because these are things that you don't talk about in business. I don't ask somebody what their start in the industry was. These are not just things that them and I talk about, you know, before we actually speak to each other. So on the podcast, I ask a bunch of questions. The first one always going to be, what's your definition of success? That's always the first question. Then there's about eight to nine questions or sorry, seven to eight questions. And the last, excuse me, the last question is, where do you see yourself in 20 years? Now, all these questions, you know, it really gives the guests an opportunity to spotlight their business, how they became successful, and to talk about their success habits. So that in the event that one of my clients ever needed someone, you know, they could check the podcast, like, okay, this person looks like a good person, I'll reach out. Or on the reverse end of the spectrum, when a podcast goes live, I then share the podcast with my network. You know, I, I, I obviously blow it up on my social medias, and I have them blow it up on their social media. So now people on their social media are hearing their story for the first time. And they're also learning about Austin, the insurance guy for the first time now. So for example, when this podcast was born, Kyle, I, uh, when I bought my place, I obviously got a mortgage. And when it came time, the mission was I was going to go to one of the best mortgage brokers in Stanford. I did this on purpose because I know that I need to network with mortgage brokers. So that's why I went to her because I knew she was the best. I had tried to get her to send me leads for so long and she never sent me leads. So then I invited her on the podcast to be episode two of the podcast. Right. And you know, right after the podcast, we're in like the post recording session where I'm just like, Hey, that went well, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to record it. You'll see it soon. And, um, 
she, I, I basically said, Hey, you know, I'd love if you sent me business. You know, I'd love the opportunity to help your clients the same way you helped me. Um, now she sends me probably three to four leads a week. Um, and that's hmm. all off the podcast because I went about it in an unconventional way to talk with her network with her. Cause if you think about it, this is networking. What you and I are doing right now is networking too. Um, when I had, when I had this woman on the podcast, um, her and I just talked and I heard her story, which was so unique and really qualified her to be super like just elite in, as a mortgage broker. And it was super awesome because she came on the podcast, talked about herself and she shared it. I shared it. And now she's selling me business. So in that sense of the word, the podcast was a success. Um, so we're doing that same formula this season and the new season and we're expanding. So I'm, I'm super pumped about it. And that's a general concept of how the podcast came to be. It was just out of quarantine, looking for a way to stay in front of my audience. Cool, man. That, you know, it's pretty similar. I, I think my reasoning is, you know, also to kind of strengthen relationships with good friends of mine that I haven't seen in a while. So, you know, while it's a little bit different, it's not as business focused as yours, I totally understand what you mean by, you know, the podcast being a great platform to catch up and actually really learn new yeah. things about people, whether you know them or don't. I mean, like the questions that I asked you earlier about, you know, in, insurance, those aren't necessarily questions I would ask you if you were just catching up, you know what I mean? And so it's a good opportunity for us just as friends as well to learn more. Um, so I totally, totally get what you're saying, uh, strengthen relationships and then also, you know, learn new things about people that you wouldn't otherwise get the opportunity to do. Um, yeah, man, it's cool to hear. Glad it's working out. And you said season two for you is, uh, is coming out soon? Soon enough. So my brother actually launched Closer Conversations Los Angeles. Um, we, tra <laughs> we trademarked the name. Um, so now we own it. We've got a website. Um, it's a great name, by the way. That, that was my you, first reaction when I saw it. I was like, oh, that's, that's good, dude. That, that's thank good. you, sir. So, yeah, and then Closer, uh, I've been recording like crazy, which, like you said, it's a lot of work. So, But I like to get like seven episodes. So I only do 10 episodes a season. Um, I like to do it season because, you know, if you do too much of a good thing, then it's not so good anymore. So I am just getting up to at least seven before I push out the first episode because I don't want to push out the first episode without um, having a lot more in the bank saved up episodes because I go week by week. So uh, soon enough, yeah, season two will be out, coincided with CCLA. For sure, man. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I, you know, I think one of the big differences between my podcast and your podcast is that yours is way more structured, right? Like you have yeah, seasons structured. You have 10 episodes, you have a specific set of questions. Um, whereas mine, it's like, I aim to release one a week. Um, but if I don't, it'll be all right. I haven't, I don't think I'm going to do seasons, uh, decided against it. And um, yeah, I mean, I have like, the way I go about it is I have general topics that I want to discuss and maybe a few questions written down. But, you know, overall, it's just kind of catching up and whatever comes out on the whim. Um, so it's definitely, definitely a big difference between mine and your podcast. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Well, yeah, man. All right, dude. I'm, I'm glad, glad that you got so much going on. It's, it's nice to talk about this stuff. Um, especially, you know, some people, everybody reacts to, to COVID differently. Um, some people are sitting around, some people are doing, doing more, um, you know, all is equally okay in, in their own right. Um, but it's, it's interesting to hear you talk about your stuff and, um, kind of motivates me honestly to, Put, puts a little fire into my ass. I'm like, shit, man, I got to gotta start looking into more stuff as well, um, which is why I like catching up with you. Um, so in terms of that, like, like, I, like I said a few times, I mean, you got so much going on. I mean, 
where does where does your motivation come from, man? I mean, you're waking up at four thirty a.m. You're you got your hand involved in a few different, you know, projects. Where, where does that? Where do you find your motivation? Uh, good question. Um, I think that um, and that is a really really good question. My my motivation comes from a lot of different places. So, um, a little personal thing about me: my mother passed away when I was sixteen, and when she passed away, you know, my father kind of exited the picture, and I was kind of uh, I was. A, bounced around for a while, but I was adopted by my aunt and uncle. And, uh, I think I was always, um, I think I was always portrayed as that kid that would never make it. And that kid that would never be able to do it. Um, and I'd say that my greatest motivation is to, to tell everyone to go shove it. Look at me now. Um, as crazy <laughs> as that sounds, but um, seriously though, a, a big motivation of mine is to prove everybody wrong. Um, and to be the absolute best, um, and not just being the best, because being the best is such a subjective term. It really is. Um, what, you want to have the most money? That's stupid. I want to be the most successful, whether that means happiness, um, whether that, and I say happiness first, because happiness is the most important to me. Then I'd say freedom, because freedom is also really important to me too. I want to be able to do whatever I please, however I please to do it. Um, right. And I think that I think that I'm um, obviously there's such a combination of things that make up um, balance and balance is the most important word. I'm not afraid to record a podcast in the middle of my work day because I know that in the grand scheme of things, it's all going to tie together. Um, I believe in a brand, um, you know, whether that be Austin, the insurance guy or me personally, Austin Glazer, I believe I am a brand. I believe that what I do I'm very multifaceted. I said that word nine times on here already because that's what I truly believe in myself I am. Um, I, I go about doing things a much different way than everybody else. I think of myself as a very unique person. Um, and that's what drives me. I, I just want to be different and I want to prove everybody wrong who said I couldn't do it because I believe I can do it times 30. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. Thanks. Oh, I love that. I lo <laughs> Thank you. Have you always had that? Have you always, is this like a newfound kind of motivation, like a new realization that you've had, or has this always been something you've thought about? So it's funny you ask that, Kyle, because as a kid, I played sports my whole life. Um, Lacrosse, I was baby. Playing, absolutely. But when I played sports, Kyle, I was never good at any sport I ever played. And it's funny. I used to think, and this is so funny to look back, and I've never brought this up in any sort of forum before, but um, when I was younger, I would think to myself, man, I don't have any talents. But now that I'm older, I know what my talents are. My talents are, are not only sales, but it's just life itself. I, I believe that I'm really, uh, I'm prepared for whatever life throws my way, whether that be a tragedy or um, whatever the opposite of a tragedy is, like I'm blanking right now. Um, and I think that that has been such a, a vital piece to my early success is just that like, I have found what my success, my success, my success is sales. Um, I'm, I'm really good at speaking to people and Finding that talent, you know, years back while I was in college working under, you know, a senior in college and I was out selling so many people that worked in my office at the time. And that was crazy to me. And I think that that was the awakening period for me. And then the time when I really opened my eyes, I think was February 1st when I went on plan as a, as a sales rep and I was like, all right, baby, game time. And then when the money really started coming in and like, I really started making money and I was like, holy shit, I'm 23 years old. And like, I can do this now. I can really get into real estate investing. I can really, I'm fortunate enough to be in the position where I could really start doing everything I thought I could do. And 
because of that, you know, it's time. And that's kind of where it all came from. Just now that like, I think I have the ability to do it all is what really drove the motivation for it. I love that, man. Yeah. And and the more and more you do, the more like confidence you build, the more you realize how much out there that you can do. Um, I mean, the opportunity and choices are abundant. Um, yeah, man, that's, that's sweet to hear, dude. I love to hear all that. Um, yeah, man. And like you said, you know, you get, you get, you really get better every day. Like I say, I'm really, you know, I'm successful now I'm doing this now. I'm like, but like also in sales, confidence is king. Like, being confident, coming on this podcast, saying I'm, I'm, I'm successful, saying I'm doing this. Yeah, it's great. But of course, when I get off the call with you, I'm going to send a message to my manager. Oh, it's Monday. Like, oh shit, I'm stressing because I am stressing, you know, success isn't handed to me every week. I work really, really hard to try and get to where I want to be every week. And then like some weeks I have terrible weeks. Like, you know, last week was a bad work week for me, but I still put up an insane number last week even with these cancels that came against me because I wound up working like 70 hours last week. Like, it's not like I'm just lucky and I'm good at this. Like, no, like I really put the time in and like, I really do eat, sleep, breathe my life. Like I eat, sleep, breathe, you know, investing, uh, real estate insurance. Like I never stop. I'm always, always thinking about how I can get better. It's not like a, all right, five o'clock, I'm turning it off. No, it's like, uh, I, sometimes I wish I could, but I can't. And um, that could be looked at as a blessing or a curse. But for me, I look at it as a blessing. Well, yeah, man. I mean, you're constantly building towards it. And then I also think that you do kind of just have that natural confidence and natural verbal confidence. You know, I think you're very good at speaking. And, you know, when I, when I think you first told me that you're going into sales and insurance, I was like, damn, that is, that's perfect for us. Um, Thank you. Which is good, man. I, I feel like not many people are able to find it that young. You know what I mean? Like there's only... Yeah maybe a handful of people that I can point to that are confident in, in what they're doing. And, you know, I mean, that was a big reason for this podcast, right? For me, just talking to people about the paths that they're going down and, and why and trying to understand that. Cause I think, you know, being a kid in kid in your early twenties, everybody's kind of uh, struggling with it or, or in, in your case seems to have figured out. Um, but it's interesting. It's interesting to chat about. Um, and people are choosing so many different things. Um, all right, man. So yeah, man, f- feel free to uh, shoot me questions as well. Kyle, what's going on, bro? You've been traveling the world. Where are you at right now? You're in Vietnam, right? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I'm in Vietnam. I'm in a city called Da Nang, which is which is central Vietnam. Um, Dude, give me the COVID rundown. Like, I got to hear all of it. <laughs> all right, I, I I'll give you as much as I can. I want to spare the listeners that have heard it a few times, but um, I'll, I'll give you the rundown, man. So. Um, I've been in Vietnam for about six months now. I, I actually just moved apartments, uh, in Da Nang, which has been, which is, you know, which is cool. I've been here for like two nights now. This is only my second night. Um, but yeah, Vietnam for, for six months. I was in China prior to that. I, again, I'm going to try not to go too much into detail, but so I was in China when COVID hit, fled to the Philippines, uh, Nobody knew what the hell was going on in China. Um, and yeah, I mean, you're in a communist country. There's a pandemic breaking out. And you get out of there real quick. And the Philippines seemed like a nice place to go. So I went there for about three weeks. And then things started picking up, getting worse with COVID. And I was like, you know what? I should probably get out of a developing country and head back to the U.S., which is what I did. Uh, ended up 
going back to the U.S. I spent, I think, three weeks there. Um, and then for tax purposes, I uh, basically had to leave the U.S. Um, and find somewhere else to go. And couldn't go back to China. Borders were closed. Vietnam was open. I uh, had a few friends that were here. And so I rolled the dice and was like, yeah, man, give Vietnam a shot. Why not? Um, that's how I ended up here originally. I, yeah, still working online for the same firm that I was working up, working for up in Beijing. Uh, so that's been good. Started this podcast. Uh, yeah, man, that's generally what I've been up to. So what about like the, the place you path. had in China? Like, do you still have like a residence there? Yeah. Well, so I have a, I'm on a business visa with China. I never had like residency or anything like that. And a business visa is actually, you're only allowed to be in the country for 60 days at a time. So we'd have to do these visa runs when you're cutting close to the, the 60 day mark. Um, and so you'd have to pop in and out. Um, and I still have that visa. It's actually a 10 year visa, which is awesome. That means I can go back to China whenever I want. Um, well, you know, as long as the borders are open and, uh, right. I had, I had an apartment there with all my stuff which I still have all my stuff in that apartment, which, which has been kind of a struggle. Um, and I was paying rent up until June, which was again, a bummer, but not super expensive because it still is Asia. So it's not really comparable to the U S um, but it's still money that's kind of just being thrown away. And then since then I've had some friends help out and a storage, uh, like moving company kind of move my, all my stuff into storage, which is where it is now. Um, and then the reason why we're doing this podcast on my cell phone is because one of the things in Beijing is my MacBook. My pristine MacBook Pro is just sitting there uh, in Beijing, and I got this crappy uh, work computer. And so I got to do basically everything on my, my cell phone because the work computer, the Bluetooth doesn't work, the, the uh, uh, yeah, screen yeah. doesn't work. Yeah, man. What's another uh, valuable thing you left there? What, what else did you leave? What else, what's one other valuable thing you left that you wish you took with you? Ooh, well, that I wish I took with me. There's not much else that I need here in Vietnam since I'm working online. I, I think the other valuable things that I had there are kind of all my work clothes. So like my nice shoes and my blazer and all my button downs and work pants. And then also just my kind of nice clothes in general. I mean, dude, I've been here for, I've been here for, like I said, six months and I, I only have a backpack. I've, I've been living out of a backpack for six months and I have Dude, about- get out of town. We do life so differently, you and I. It's like unbelievable to hear this. Like I'm interviewing you I, now. Like I love it. Yeah, yeah. Well, screw it, man. Why not? And um, yeah, so I have like, I, I was, it's funny. Like I, you know, I, like I said, I've moved apartments and I, in the process of moving, I walk in, I drop my backpack and I'm like, all right, I moved in. Get <laughs> out of town. It, it's all it is and I'm, I'm like hanging up my clothes and i have like eight t-shirts i only have eight which i i thought was funny to count and then one of them has a bunch of holes in it and i've been i've been stringing it along as much as possible but i think i'm calling it calling it quits on that t-shirt so now i'm down to seven i'm in the well, market they not got clothes there they got no clothes there like well they do i just want to <laughs> i want to stay to this backpack thing i don't, I don't want to be weighed down i mean I, I move around a lot man i mean I have this apartment, but I, I, I do road trips all the time. I have like 10 days off towards the end of this month. So I'll be going on a road trip. Um, well, I actually yeah, don't know where, but I'm just going to, no, I, I got a motorcycle. Like your own motorcycle? Yeah. Well, I'm renting it. I might buy it from my friend. Um, right now I'm renting it. Yeah. Dude. So cool. Get, get, get this dude. Get so much. I'm, get so much. I'm renting this motorcycle for like a nickel a day. Dude. 
$20 for a month. It's a great deal. That's literally less than a nickel. Is that how much? That's like less than a lot a day. It's, it's like, like nothing a day. 70 cents a day. So do you operate on US currency? Like how do you personally operate? That's a good question. I So I get paid in USD from my company, oh, nice. which actually works out fantastic. Yeah. And so it goes straight into my US bank account. But um, I mean, here I just, you know, use the ATM, grab some Vietnamese dong is what it's called. And uh, living, living life, man. Yeah, Dude, and nice. that's the thing. It's you know standard, not not standard. Um, uh, cost of living here is so cheap, you know. And I mean, not only is it so cheap, but I also do it pretty cheap too. Like I don't really buy things. Um, I bought like that knife and that cutting board that I was showing you yesterday. Mm-hmm. It was like the biggest purchases that I made in, in a while. And so they were like five dollars, really right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, they were. I, I don't, I don't, I don't buy things. I don't buy, th- you know, like I buy, I buy food, and then, I, you know, I spend money on my motorcycle, I guess, but not really. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really own things. Um, but so the, yeah, so it's it, it's been good in terms of being able to save a shit ton of money. Uh, yeah, dude, nice. we do life so differently. You and I. It's so interesting to. Like you said at the beginning of the podcast, get a chance to catch up with people, and that's why you did it. Dude, it's great to catch up with you, hear, hear the things you're doing and how differently you and I are doing them. Yeah, and I, you know, I think you're right in that like we do do them very differently, but I think we both have a similar kind of, you know, yeah. we, we're really Forward trying to make thinking. use of our, right, exactly. And, you know, uh, very comfortable with being different, I think, and mm-hmm. kind of going against the grain and, and trying out new things. I think we have all that in common. Um, but, yeah, generally how how we're going about it exactly is probably pretty different. Yeah, I agree, man. I definitely agree. Yeah, man, life is good. You know, I miss New York sometimes. Uh, I was thinking about coming back for a while. I, I, I will eventually. Um, not 100% sure when. Uh, maybe December. And then if not December, I'm thinking I'm thinking March. Like for good? Um, no, no, no. Just like uh, stop in. You I don't said really... no, no, no. Like, oh, man, I'm never coming back. No, I just don't really, I'm not like moving like anywhere for good. You know, I'm just kind of bouncing around, uh, I forever. Probably. I don't really yeah, see myself settling in somewhere, uh, at, at least for the foreseeable future. Um, it's cool, so, I man. mean, come back to New York to kind of pit stop on my, on my journey. Um, and then kind of figure out my next, my next gig, my contract ends in June of 2021. So for work after, yeah. All right, that's cool. And I'll start looking at other things as well. Nice, man. That's so exciting. So you're liking what you're doing, though? Yeah, um, it's a good question. You know, it's, it's funny after hearing you talk about your passion and love for insurance, I definitely would not say the same about what I'm, what I'm doing uh, in China. You know, I think I, I like it, and there's valuable skills that I'm learning from it, but by no means is this, like, the path that I'm going down. It was... It was honestly kind of just a like a means to get abroad again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then within that kind of, I thought the most valuable and, you know, opportunity to learn the most skills, which is why I chose it. Um, and so, so it has been good, but it, it was never something that I was like, Oh man, I'm, I'm doing this forever. You know, uh, I don't really, I don't really have that feeling about many, many things. If, if, if anything, uh, 
at all, um, which is why I think I try to put my hand in a lot of different places as well, mm-hmm. um, just to kind of feel them out and and see what happens. You know, I you know I think I mentioned earlier on the podcast a few. If I had to think of like a few things that I know, it's like I know I like international travel and I know I like live music, which is a funny one, but live music you know, great it qualifies, right? And um, so I don't, you know, I'm not really sure where, what I'll end up doing, but you know, I'm open and I'm excited to see where I do end up. I'm thinking about going back to school. Uh, it's been a pretty recent topic or it's been a topic in my head for like the last year or so. Um, so that's, uh, that's kind of on the agenda. I, I think you could do it all virtually now. Everything's virtual. I don't know what it's like over there, man, but it's, uh, it's chaos here in the States. Well, I, yeah, I wouldn't want to go to school virtually. That's the thing, which is why I might hold off a little bit. Yeah, probably going to have to then. Definitely, dude. Well, chaos in the States, man. What's been going on around you? So your new place is in Connecticut, right? Yeah, Stanford, Connecticut, dude. It's uh, it's pretty interesting. I mean, um, you know, every everywhere you go, you got to wear a mask, um, which isn't so crazy, I guess. But we're starting to get everything back opened up. Um, we've been open here for a month or two now. And, um, you know, it's funny. The other weekend um, – not to discredit myself because I sound so like, uh, like sounds stupid to me, but like I went to Jersey with a couple friends and we wound up going to this one place where it was like an inside bar. And like when we were in there, dude, it was like operating at 25% occupancy, but like, dude, there were no, ma- no one was wearing masks. Like nobody was caring about like COVID or anything. And like, I felt so crazy. Like, obviously I came home and got tested, but like, really? dude, it, it, yeah, but like, dude, it was crazy. And it's funny because like they were, they were operating at 25% occupancy. And like, you know, normally that would be fine. Like that's just like going to a bar and like, that's a good night going to a bar too. Cause like, it's not crazy, but like, dude, there was nobody in there and like, it still was kind of busy. Nobody was wearing masks. And like, I felt so uncomfortable and like, so did all of my friends that we were with, because it's like, this is um, like weird, you know? Cause like we've accustomed you to felt, this. You felt uncomfortable because of the amount of people or because nobody was wearing masks. Um, I think it's a combination of the two, but like really what I really felt uncomfortable, but I think I felt uncomfortable because of the precedent that's been set about COVID and what it's done. I think the long-term effects of COVID are like huge, dude. Like, I think that people are going to be afraid to do so much. Like, dude, I was shook going to this bar where it was operating at 25% occupancy, where in the past you would have gone in there and you wouldn't have even been able to move. And like, that was okay back in the day, you know, like only, only, 10 months ago where that would have been normal and wouldn't have been like a whole to do. Um, I think it wouldn't have been so like crazy to me, but like being that we were in COVID, it was like, wow, like I can't see the world ever going back to what it was because dude, I was rattled. I was rattled in that bar because of how many people there were. And then like we went to a house party the night before and there was just as many people there. And like, that was also really bad. Like I think the precedent that COVID has set, it, it, of course it forces us to be smarter as civilians. Um, but it, it's, uh, it's quite the time, man. It's really quite the time over here. I think every day is like something new in America right now. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it sounds insane, man. It's hard for me to even imagine. I, I, the experience here in Vietnam is, is quite different. I mean, we just went through a lockdown ourselves, but now that we're opened up, we're pretty much, back to just being open because the lockdown kind of stamped it out we were in lockdown for like six weeks and things are things are back now i mean you can go anywhere you're still expected to wear a mask but bars are apparently opening at the end of this week cafes and restaurants are open indoors and it's all been okay um so so it really is so different um and again it's hard for me to imagine 
I, yeah, like you said, people being scared to do things, I, you know, I, that's definitely a long lasting impact of COVID. And I'm trying to think a lot about what that means just in terms of just habits and also just the market, right? Like I think mm-hmm. that, you know, international travel is something that I'm just like tuned into, obviously. It's like, there's been like, you know, countries are taking huge hits that rely on tourism. I mean, you'd be surprised to hear like, how many countries actually like tourism is like their first or second industry in the whole country. I mean, it's interesting. There's so many countries with that. And so, you know, lack of tourism is obviously a huge blow. Um, But there's also been just a massive like environmental um, positive impact, you know, like specifically Thailand, they talk about how, how much like, you know, they've, they've seen all the the national parks and the beaches kind of just being cleaned up in such a short amount of time, just because there aren't people, running around throwing their plastic everywhere, which is, which is also cool to see. But, you know, in general, I think, you know, travel is undoubtedly and also kind of obviously going to take a huge impact for a long, longer time than even like, even if there is a vaccine for COVID, it's like, there's still that kind of, you know, fear, you know, and I think it's like you said, going to have a long lasting impact. Well, not even Um, just the tourism though, Kyle, I think about New York city, like dude, businesses, like you think about all the commercial space in New York city, that's not going to be rented out anymore. You know, companies are going almost a hundred percent virtual. Like, dude, like I said, I opted to go permanent work from home. Like it's companies are going to, you know, and then, and then that's not to mention all the restaurants that are going to go out of business because in New York city there, I think they just, 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 reopened indoor dining like dude we haven't had indoor dining in new york city for months now so like all these restaurants dude they're going out of business right like at least half the businesses are going to go out of business you're going to have all this vacant property in new york city that's like not being leased and it's gonna cause some sort of problem i think it's going to be a new wave of the type of people that live in new york city 100 percent. i mean it seems to be that there's like been an exodus of people from new york city right i think i read somewhere earlier that there's like almost 7,000 rental properties that are available in New York city, which is like three times the amount that were available this time last year. Right. So there's a huge impact in terms of, of real estate. And I think in general, people have been flooding away from, from cities. Um, so I'm curious to see where that kind of ends up, you know, from like our perspective, you know, being young adults, I think that if there were a time to think about moving to New York city, I think sometime in the near future would be a preferable time to do that because rental prices are going to be so low that it, I mean, it, it's going to be, it, it's a hard opportunity to pass up. And, you know, I've, I don't know about you, but I've always wanted to live in New York city at some point, just kind of haven't gotten around to it yet. And I'm always concerned about price. And if now, if there was ever a good time to do it, it'd be when the prices are down. Uh, yeah. But even, know, even when the prices are down, even when the prices are down, like, I'm, I mean, I'm, maybe I'm biased. I'm not a city guy, but like, dude, you know, I, I feel that um, you could rent a place like mine here in Stanford for like a thousand dollars less for something the same size in New York city. Like you just, even with the Brent prices low, you're not going to get the bang for your buck. The price per square foot is just too damn high. Hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, I guess it kind of just depends how low it goes. I mean, living in Stanford is, is good, but you're not, you're not in it, man. You know, like, you're not so in New York city. That's right. Yeah. And also, like, the Metro, if they went all night, I think that would actually play a huge role. Uh, but the fact that Metro, what's the last train? It's, like, 1.30 or 2 or something? 156. It's too early. Yeah, it's too It's too early, you know? Yeah. I think that's I think I agree. a big role. I agree. 
Yeah. I mean, obviously like, you know, moving in when prices are lower, all those restaurants and probably bars are going to be closed and it's just going to be a much different. I haven't, I have not been down there since COVID um, probably a couple months before COVID dude. I can't even imagine what it's like. I mean, I imagine all the restaurants are boarded up. Um, I was dealing with a client to do like, I have lots of clients that are like, have been exodusing from the city to Connecticut and that's, they're coming to me from mortgage workers, realtors. Like, dude, I've been overloaded with that kind of stuff right now because there's so many people leaving the city, dude. There are rental properties. So like, I'm, like I said, I'm very, very close with a lot of realtors. And on my, one of my close ones was explaining to me, dude, he's got a client that's been looking for a rental property. This was like early summer, maybe beginning of summer. And the, say the asking price was like $20,000 a month for renting. He was getting outbid by like $90,000 a month is what people were bidding, dude. People are paying like quadruple of what a property is worth because it, the market is so – there's not enough listings to handle the demand of the market right now. It's just a very interesting time. Hmm. Wait. So I think – so are you talking about outside of New York City? I didn't yeah, people are leaving. Up. People leaving. People leaving. I'm sorry. Yeah, people leaving the city. Like that's basically what it is. They just can't land a property because there's no, not enough inventory to supply to supply the demand. Like in what locations though? Like you're talking about like around Connecticut, Connecticut, like Fairfield County or like Westchester. There's no, uh, not enough demand. I mean, there's not enough supply because the market is, a sh is, there's a shortage. Right, 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 right. So people are getting yeah, like man. quadruple over price for months. So like if your house is listing for 20, you're probably going to get 80 or 60, you know, like just this crazy amount of money, this crazy amount of money. There's never been a better time to sell. Never been a better time to sell. That's for damn sure. I mean, for, people should just kind of be okay with moving elsewhere, but obviously that's not going to happen. I mean, have I you thought about getting rid of your place? I mean, now you've done all these renovations and if there's never. So I had it. Uh, so, so it was on the table that I was going to do maybe possibly go buy a multifamily and then rent this out. And I was going to live in a unit of the multifamily. I was going to buy it right here in Stanford. Um, but it didn't make sense hmm. to buy the multifamily here in Stanford. They go for way too much money. So we're moving to an area like Meriden or um, a lesser area. Um, and I'm going to live here for five years. So at first it was on the table. I actually just had this place reappraised. So I've, I've made about 25 grand in equity since I redid everything. Like it went up about 25 grand in equity. Um, so now the goal is to just kind of live here and just, you know, I like it here. It's nice. Um, and I don't need anything more, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a big place. I'm a one, I'm one person. I live alone. Um, so for now, this is fine. The only thing I would love is I'd love um, a balcony and a basement. Mm, mm. How much money did you put into the renovations if it went up 25? I probably put like nine in. Really? Oh, wow. That's a lot, dude. What, like, yeah. what was most of that going towards? Like the countertops and like, kitchen. yeah. As a kitchen as a whole, the kitchen was probably seven. And then you call like two grand, just probably not even two grand in other shit that I did. Probably less. It's but like man. kitchen, kitchen was for sure about seven. Damn. Appliances, Damn. dude, were expensive. Appliances were like three grand itself. Yeah, like a fridge and stuff? Yeah, fridge, stove, microwave, sink, like all the stainless shit. And then, um, mm -hmm. you know, ordering, I ordered custom cabinet doors because I kept the same base. So that was expensive because they're just doors. Um, so that was like 900. And then, um, yeah, man, it all adds up. All those little Walmart trips, Home Depot trips I was making, I'd make like three Home Depot trips a day. Like they add up. <laughs> add up and then i mean you know furniture as a whole i don't know if we're counting furniture in that but um you know like i got a lot of furniture on amazon and stuff when i first moved in and um now i'm like pretty much done now i'm like pretty much done minus if i decided to do the bathroom or not that might just be like a next summer project but um i changed all the light fixtures in here like i changed everything um everything in here has been touched by me and something has been done to it i'm glad 
that you're able to do all that and get get a reappraise and all that good stuff. You know, and, and going back to in terms of like impacts of COVID, you know, you, you said that so you've opted to work online indefinitely, even if people are called back to the office. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Cool. And they're like, OK, with that. Like, that's just what you're going to be doing. Yeah. So, I mean, well, first, I mean, you know, they, they'd obviously sometimes would pressure you if you're like not selling enough, they'll probably pressure you to come back if they think that's right. But yeah. um, like I said, I'm fortunate enough where my numbers are. That's not going to happen. They're not going to pressure me to do that. Like, dude, I've, I've built this home office here. That's like second to none. I have three monitors. I have like a drop down the green screen. Like I have TV right in front of me. Like I get more done here than I would in the office and there's no commute. Um, I sit at my desk, dude, from 7.30 to 7.30 at night. I probably take one break for lunch. Um, I just get so much more done here than I do in the office by not having to commute. And, like, I had my first in-person, like, networking meeting the other day. It was a mortgage broker that I'm trying to work with. And um, it was weird. It was my first networking event in, like, eight months. And, like, I've become accustomed to, like, these Zoom networking meetings. Like, dude, I could honestly never see anybody again and be cool with it. COVID has like just taught me how to be independent and just like really be okay with being like by myself. Um, and I'm, I'm totally cool with it. I could work from home forever. I think that, um, you know, don't get me wrong. There are people like, it's nice to work around people cause they motivate you when you're slow. Um, so it's tougher to find the drive when you're slow to do things when you're home, but you kind of just got to get through it. It was really challenging at first for me being home every day. Um, cause I would get so distracted but now it's just like, all right, if I don't work, the bills aren't getting paid. So I better work, you know? Yeah, that, that's definitely a big thing. I think for me, um, I, I've been able to work all right. But for me, working out at home has been a struggle because I think, you know, that motivation that you're speaking about when you're surrounded by other people, it's like when you go to the gym, like you're, you're, you're at the gym for a reason. You're not going to be fucking around. But when right. you're trying to work out in your, in your apartment or wherever you're living, it's it's way easier to get distracted and, and call it after like 45 minutes instead of an hour. You know what I mean? Just little things like that. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. Big. It's tough, man. Yeah. Everything though, everything from home is tougher. Like, but when you get accustomed to it, I think that it's actually better. Like I have a routine, dude. I sit down on my desk. Like I said, seven 30, leave at seven 30. I walk to my couch for one hour. I cook dinner in between that two, And then I'm in bed by nine. Like I live on this crazy fucker, crazy routine, man. That like, fuels my adrenaline and just everything it fuels it all like i'm nothing without my routine like my routine really does drive me and um that's why being able to work from home working out from home like it's all gotten better but it was really hard in the beginning like really hard and it took so much discipline at this point it's way easier though are you you ever think about burnout man i mean that's a pretty intense schedule right like 12 hours a day of I'm just kind of putting your head down and working. Like, are you ever concerned? Are you ever, yeah, just concerned about burnout? Um, a little bit. I think that um, overall, like I said, Kyle, I want to retire when I'm like not retire, but like I want to step away from the day-to-day sales game at 40. Um, and I kind of think of it like, hey, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Um, it's crazy that sounds a Bon Jovi song, but one of my favorite artists. Um, and, you know, I definitely get concerned with burnout. I think that more or less, though, what I get more concerned about is that when I do take the time off, I get really anxious and I get a lot of anxiety because it's really hard to be away from my computer. Like, I am a man of routine. Like, I live, eat, sleep, breathe this stuff. And it's challenging, but I hope that it pays off, you know, now. I'd rather put the time in now when I don't have a wife and kids compared to, you know, hopefully in a few years, you know, a couple of years when I do. Um 
So like right now I don't. So I'm able to put all this effort in and that might change in a few years. So for now I'll give it everything I got till I can. There you go, man. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've kind of applied that logic to my lifestyle and being hyper mobile and international yeah. travel. It's like, you know, while I don't have like wife and kids or family to look after, no, no real bills to pay. I've, I've kind of taken it and been like, well, let's just do this for now. Um, while also trying to build skills as much as possible, but it's, it's tough sometimes. Um, for me, one of my like struggles with being in Vietnam, it's like, there's, you know, it's, it's great meeting all these amazing different people from like new countries. Like, does it matter what age they are? Like I have, I've, I've one friend, I have a good friend here who's 80 years old. And then I have another good friend who's 72. <laughs> There's just, just these two awesome, awesome people. And then I have like other friends from like, they're like from other random countries like Eastern European or South Africa. And, and it's, it's, it's cool. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's a lack of like just unity and comfort in people that are similar to myself. And I think you need that. And so it's like, like talking to you, it's like, we're both 23. We're both young. We're both trying to get shit done. And, and it is good to kind of have that um, to be, to, to surround yourself with that. And so for me, one of the problems here that I've had is finding other like-minded people, um, which, you know, like is, I guess there's a spectrum, right? It's like, if you want to find, you know, if you surround yourself with too many like-minded people, you just become, you know, closed-minded and kind of, you know, you're just too stubborn. Um, but I think I'm on the other end of the spectrum where it's like, I have all these crazy just people coming in and out of my lives. And I'm like, what? what That's pretty interesting. Like, what? How'd you meet yeah. the, how'd you meet the, uh, the 80 year old and the 72 year old? 72 year old during the first lockdown, I was uh, actually kind of like a little bit after that. I was staying at a homestay, um, and and she was just one of the people there. And then, eight year old, I met. Where did my I met him? I met him at a homestay as well, actually. What's a homestay? Just kind of like a, a place that you, it just like run by like a local family that you can kind of uh, that you can sleep at. I guess it's kind of like a bed and breakfast. I guess in like the American sense. Okay. Um, but like a cheap place to live or stay for a few nights here. In are you, are you fluent like, in other languages now? No, you know, that's one of the, <laughs> so I, I was, I was learning Chinese or Mandarin. I was learning when I was back in Beijing, but since I left, I kind of just, you know, I didn't continue that. Um, Cause I anticipated going back and then it kind of just kept being extended. Um, so I was picking up a little bit of Mandarin, but didn't, didn't get good at it. And then, Vietnamese I haven't really given much thought to just because I again like I didn't expect her to be here I didn't Mm -hmm. expect to be here for so long um but yeah man you know that's one of the things that I I I wish I was a little better at I I have one of my friends he speaks like five or six languages um and it's crazy to hear him like we'll be sitting down at dinner well I'm talking about a friend from uh Beijing China I hope he's listening shout out to him um but his 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 languages his language skills are crazy. I mean, we'll be sitting down. Uh, he'll talk English to us, and then he'll talk Mandarin to the waiters, and then he'll talk in um, like Arabic to his to his Middle Eastern friends, and then you know he'll switch to Spanish. And it's just it's absurd to see. It's kind of mind boggling to see it actually play out. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. What else All you right. got for me? What other? <laughs> yeah, what other topics should we should we touch upon, man? Uh, we went over a lot. 
what else is going on, dude? What else is going on with you? How's uh, how's everybody doing back home, dude? I mean, you, it sounds like you work a lot. Do you get a chance uh, to hang out and see people, see friends? Yeah, you know, like it is, um, I, COVID has uh, helped me better understand myself and how much I like being, like, by myself and doing things by myself, as crazy as that sounds. I still see everybody. Um, you know, everybody came over for football Sunday yesterday. Um and um, I try to kind of do things on my own terms. You know, everybody's different. Everybody has their own way they work, their own way they do things. Um, and um, yeah, man, without jumping into too much detail on it, that's kind of how, um, you know, things are going. Um, everybody's different. Everybody does their own thing. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, hopefully we still all wind up coming together. Yeah, for sure. No, 100%. And I think that's the beauty of it because I feel like, in my experience, uh, you know, you always kind of do find that time. And, you know, even though, like, again, from, from my perspective that I don't see a lot of people, like, I don't see you very often, maybe a few times a year at this point, but, you know, eventually we will hang out and come, come together when I'm passing through New York. And it's always, always a good time. I feel like there's some friendships where you'll just kind of just have them. Yeah. You pick them, you pick them back up where they left off when you talk, you know? Right. Not exactly. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah. 100%, man. Yeah. Well, all right, man. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess we, we can we can start to wrap up if, uh, if there's no other topics we, we need to get into. What do you think? I got nothing, man, unless you got something. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think so, man. I think it's all good. Cool. All right, what, what happens now? You put on a whole ladies and gentlemen type of thing or – that nah, dude, I'll do that afterwards, dude. Super <laughs> casual. I might, I, I might even leave this in the podcast. It's funny. It's funny, like with the whole casualness of it. Um, some people, you know, when people give you feedback on the podcast and point out like how casual it is, some people say like, "Listen, man, you need to do more editing. Like, it's, it needs to be more professional, and uh, it would be nicer if it was just like flowed better or whatever." Um, but then there's other people that say they enjoy it because how casual it is. And it's just like, you can tell it's just like a conversation where you're catching up with an old friend and like you start the conversation, you're like, what's up, how you been? Um, stuff like that. And like, there's like sometimes background noises and shit um, that like I could edit out, but it would be a lot of effort. And I'll say, I think it's kind of funny sometimes to leave it in. So it's like, it's a balance of, uh, of editing and casualness to also like professionalism, but I definitely am on the spectrum, you know, leaning way more closer to, casualness so in terms of like a big uh ending um no nah, man we can kind of just we can just get it over with <laughs> and cool, when does this air say we'll catch up soon yeah it's a good question i think um i want to say i'm going to aim to get it out in two weeks but it might be three weeks depending on how much work i got um yeah i got to kind of think about it a little bit more sounds like a plan man i'm excited all right, brother. It was great catching up. Great catching up. You too, up. Kyle. Keep, Be keep well. in touch, dude. Yeah, man. Let's keep yeah. in touch. It was very nice. I'm glad you asked me to do this, man. I really enjoyed catching up. And every time I felt the hurt and I felt the giving getting me up off the wall. I'm just gonna take a minute and let it ride. I'm just gonna take a minute and let it breeze. I'm just gonna take a minute and let it ride. I'm just gonna take a minute.